Welcome to the Industrial Talk Podcast with Scott McKenzie. Scott is a passionate industry professional dedicated to transferring cutting-edge, industry-focused innovations and trends while highlighting the men and women who keep the world moving. So put on your hard hat, grab your work boots, and let's go. Hey there, and welcome to Industrial Talk. Good morning, a good afternoon, and good evening. Thank you very much for joining this platform that celebrates industry professionals all around the world because you're bold, brave, you dare greatly, you're changing lives, and you are changing the world each and every day. That's why we celebrate you on this platform. In the hot seat, we have Casey King, and we're going to be talking a little bit about Accessibility from a maintenance perspective, ergonomics, as well as safety, because that's important on this particular podcast. So let's get cracking. Yeah, she's with uh, a company called Azo. We're talking about material handling, and and uh, I was very fortunate to be able to uh, help start up a sugar refinery down here in Louisiana. And it is all about material handling, how you how you refine the sugar, how you you know move the sugar, and how you package the sugar. It is an amazing process, to say the least. And companies like Azo and uh, professionals like Casey, absolutely passionate about being able to do that efficiently. And we just take it for granted. I'm just telling you it right now. Uh, if it wasn't for uh, the opportunity to help start up the the sugar refinery. Uh, I wouldn't know the magnitude of how important uh, this material handling, the solutions that are being delivered by companies like Azo, are to just our way of life. And uh, they're constantly, they're constantly uh, improving and making it better. Uh, but they're always focused on safety. They're always focused on uh, on how to design these very complex. Uh, systems in a way that allows these assets to be properly maintained for many, many, many years, and and it's it's just it it is it's an amazing thing. So uh, my recommendation, if you ever have an opportunity to to visit a facility that is handling bulk, you know, material, do so because it's it truly is a a, a wonder to behold. Because and then. You know, Casey and, and Team Azo, they just take it for granted. They know how to do this stuff, and, and, they, and they, can, they can optimize not just a greenfield type of uh, project. Of course they can do that. But be able to optimize and to make it more efficient a, a brownfield type of line, too, as well. And it's, it's just exciting. So people like Casey. All right. Some uh, house cleaning business, one. Go out to Industrial Talk. We're going to be at uh, a number of events, and I would highly recommend that you put these events on your calendar as a way of just visiting and, and connecting with professionals who are uh, passionate about solving problems. So go out there. there. That, those are events that you need to, you need to engage in. Uh, we have webinars. Well, not webinars. I call them webcasts. Sorry about that. Webcasts that highlight... Um, 
you know, go into greater depth as opposed to just the podcast. Go into greater depth of being able to solve problems, be able to download material, and uh, really help it. They're all out there, too. And we're going to be doing a series on utilities and uh, utilities from a data perspective, utilities from a digitalization perspective. So we've got some really interesting projects that are happening, as well as the state of manufacturing. And they're brought to you by uh, Fictive. So a lot going on at Industrial Talk that I just highly recommend that you get engaged. And, and all it takes is just go out to industrialtalk.com, make it happen. Let's get on with the conversation. Casey King, Azo's the company. We're talking about uh, material and handling, but, but from a design perspective and keeping that forefront in the communication and having it up front. So enjoy the chat. Casey, welcome to Industrial Talk. Thank you very much for finding time in your busy schedule because you're a, you've got mad skills. I've been out to you. You need to get more Thank engaged. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, you need to get more engaged on LinkedIn, FYI. Okay. All right. Noted. <laughs> you're not noting it. You're, you're not putting it on a piece of paper. You're, you're going to ignore noted. me. There right. it is. You're going to ignore go. me. Got it. You having a good day? I am. I am. How, how are things with you? No complaints. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate you yeah, asking because nobody ever asks. Nobody cares yeah. about me. Nobody. I think I think everywhere in the country these days it's super hot and super humid. So yeah, uh, here yeah. in Memphis it is it is the same. I can report. Oh yeah, <laughs> on the spot weather woman right there. Right That's there. Right. That's Call right. That's right. Calling it hot. All right, for the listeners out there, before we get in the conversation with Azo and all of the mad. Uh, technology and stuff that you guys do for customers to help them succeed. Give us a little background on who Casey is. Sure, yeah. Um, so I am our Director of Engineering and Operations at Azo. Um, so Azo in Memphis um, services all of Azo's customers in the U.S. Uh, and Canada. And uh, I'm in charge of making sure that all of our projects at the end of the day uh, go well and hopefully our customers are happy and we have solved their problems. This just popped into my head. You, Azo, and you and your team, it doesn't really matter the size of the project. You guys can pretty much handle small one-offs to bigger type of uh, engagements. Is that is that accurate? Yeah, that's right. So our projects are anywhere from you know a, a single piece of equipment to uh, a fully automated new production plant. So um, any sort of project size is in our wheelhouse. And see, when we were talking offline, which we had we had a lengthy conversation offline, listeners. So just FYI, but when we were talking offline, it uh, it's it's really interesting from from my perspective, the material handling business itself, right? Because I I think personally that we just take it for granted. Me and many others just realize that handling materials is not in our forefront of uh, our knowledge. Can you sort of just sort of summarize a little bit about Azo, the company itself? Sure, yeah. So Azo does design systems for bulk ingredient handling systems. So that's primarily powders, um, but also a little bit of liquid handling. Um, and we are there to help customers really bring their production goals to fruition, um, right to the point, right to uh, the, the point of processing typically. So whether that's extrusion or mixing or something like that, we are taking inbound materials from trucks, rail cars, drums, um, sacks, whatever it is that you get your, pro your product in, we are storing them, weighing them, batching them and feeding a production line. 
I like that. So I can just come to Azo, knock on the door and say, hi, I've got a manufacturing facility and, and it looks like this, whatever this is. And I, and, and I can say, hey, I'm interested in putting a new line in. Could I also say that I've got an existing line and I want to make it more efficient? You guys are handling that too? Absolutely. Yeah. And for that matter, you can also tell us, I'd like to make a thing and we can tell you, uh, and I'd like for you to tell me how my production facility should look. And we'll help you with that as well. And we do engineering studies all the time to that effect. So with that said, you're you're looking at trends. You have conversations all the time. I would imagine, you, it, and because Azo is a global company, you have conversations around the world. And so you're able to sort of have really in, interesting insights. Help the listener understand sort of some of the changes that are taking place in the market from a material handling perspective. Sure, yeah. Um, so a lot of the technologies that we use are are mature, but the way that we use them are changing. Um, and so one of the things that's really coming, um, becoming more and more important to our customers and to us um, is maintenance and accessibility of that equipment. Yeah. Um, so that requires quite a bit of pre-planning in the design phase that um, maybe folks um, didn't necessarily do in the past. Um, it requires thinking about- It's just, I gotta interrupt. Sure. That just blows my mind. It just blows my mind that that this is sort of a trend that's happening today, that accessibility is is sort of a conversation that you're taking, or that, that's happening. Continue, I'm sorry, I had to just- Yeah, yeah, so I mean, it was, it was very common, I think in the past, that um, that really in the project phase, you would get something that works, um, that uh, it works theoretically and is gonna work for the process um, and can be installed. It's not that it cannot be installed, it certainly can be and has been for decades. Um, but now we're asking the question um, early on, hey, what is it gonna look like to maintain this valve or this piece of equipment? And kind of what happened in the past quite a bit was you'd get in the field and you would see this valve 40 feet in the air with a bunch of equipment below it. Um, and it, you know, the maintenance teams would scratch their heads after the, at the end of the day and cuss out the engineers um, in the process and say, why'd you put that there, you know? Um, and I think these days um, we're really making an effort, um, especially at our team at Azo, uh, making sure that we are thinking about that maintenance and accessibility um, really early in the design phase. And if there's something that we just can't make work that's super accessible, we say, hey, you know, this is one piece of equipment that maybe is gonna be difficult to maintain. Are you willing to sign up for that? Or do we need to have a different solution, different different piece of equipment or something like this? Yeah, but see, you even what I'm hearing is that these conversations have to occur up front. It's it's better, don't, don't do it at the yeah. end of the whole, you know, yeah. project you do it up front and and that's what i hear but still even the analogy that you provided about that valve being 40 feet in the air above equipment and and you know yeah it works i guess but yeah. from a maintenance perspective i'm not gonna i don't want to do maintenance on it sure. i just and so there's this asset that it's not getting the attention it probably needs a little bit exactly right but, yeah. but you can still even if it's a even if it's a situation, and I'm feeding a line to you because I know that you guys are having this conversation. Even if it's like, "Hey, we can't, we can't 
do what we would like here on this asset. But I think you're probably saying we're going to do as much as we can to get it to the point where it does work. Yeah, that's exactly right. And sometimes that means, you know, building a little catwalk, you know, where you wouldn't, wouldn't necessarily have, have planned one before. Yeah. Like that catwalk is is way cheaper and easier to design if you are thinking about that, you know, uh, early on in the design yeah. phase before anything's ever installed. Then if you look at it later and you just scratch your head once it's all installed and say, well, how are we going to get to that? You know, uh, and that just requires a lot of forethought. And so um, our, our teams are really trained in asking that question really upfront um, and really taking on um, an owner's mentality and saying, okay, we're, this isn't an asset that's going to be used during commissioning, right? This yeah. is an asset that's going to be used hopefully for, for a couple decades. And so you can't have a mindset that really is geared towards the first six months or the first year, or the first two years. You got to have a mindset for how, you know, how's this going to work for the next 20 years or 40 yeah. years? Yeah. You don't want somebody to just back up the truck and then dump it and say, good luck. Yeah. Have at it. Have at it. Yeah. And then the, and then of course the P and IDs get all out of whack because now they're trying to figure out what to do. And I, I it's, sure. it's like, you keep on pulling on that string yeah. and then everything gets all. Lots of things work on a P and ID. Okay. It's, it's, it's all the things that aren't on a P and ID that go into functionality, right? No, everything is in the P and IDs, everything. Yeah. And then they get stuck over the side right over there. And it's That's like, right. nobody ever looks for it. That's exactly right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sad but true, most definitely. Yep. So with all of that said, that's all great. And, that, and what I'm hearing is that, hey, a listener, have the conversation up front. It's important. Have this back and forth dialogue to nail down the design. And so that, uh, say, so have less headaches going forward. And then, yeah. you know, and, and have that mindset that, that the asset's going to be around for longer than a year. Let's put it that sure. way. Yeah. And so. That's good. I like that. What other um, challenges? Like I've heard through the grapevine, I haven't. I've had conversations like this all the time. From an, organiz an organization, um, we're dealing with resource issues. Tell us how Azo is sort of addressing the realities of the marketplace from a sure. people yeah. person. Um, yeah. So one of the things that we're seeing um, a, a very high demand for is a higher level of automation. Um, and that is, you know, a lot of people in the past wanted that automation um, if it made sense, right? If it made financial sense to do that, if you could, you know, use fewer operators to do the same thing. And over time, your your capital investment for, uh, for the automation more than paid itself off because you had some labor savings. Uh, and that's great. Um, these days, you still have those conversations, but you also are having additional conversations that say, even if we wanted to staff this with with a bunch of uh, manual labor and op plan operators, we can't find those people. And even if we can find them, we can't retain them. And if we can retain them, we can't train them well enough. The, the cost of attrition is very high. And so it's less of a conversation about like, does it make financial sense to automate and more of, of a conversation about, we gotta automate as much as we can because the labor is not available in the market to staff our plant. And so, that's a real conversation that yeah, we're having you're, you're definitely painting a, uh, a, a reality out there that exists. And, and I, I agree, I, 
I don't see other. Uh, I don't see how companies cannot automate as much as possible, which then begs the question: I've got I've got existing assets. It's always great if I can plan up front and do a nice greenfield type, but I'm I've got existing mm-hmm. assets and I'm still having problems with. Uh, can you go in and and identify ways of automation with an existing line, or or just try to figure that out because that's. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it always depends on the equipment and the setup and, and the limitations. You know, each plant has has really a different set of, of limitations, you know. Um, but I would say for, for us and, and for, for many of our competitors as well, um, that's that's always a good challenge, right? How can we make this system more reliable? Yeah. How can we automate it? How can we make it simpler? Or, or if the question is different, um, how do we get more out of it? How do we get more throughput out of this? Um, are there ways we can, and that happens both in both in equipment, of course, um, but it also happens in the way that you use it. You know, optimizing, for example, batch sizes, um, optimizing your shift schedule. You know, what what are some ways that we can um, really optimize the way that production is using the equipment? Not just what are the ways that we can make the equipment better and more efficient. Um, I think that's always a, a question. Yeah, it's not a pencil whip type thing. You've got to, this is, this is serious analytics where you're going to have yeah. to look at it and, and identify the, the, what is plausible and, you know, but, but again, yeah. but again, through communications, through conversations, through planning, I, I think it's all, it's all achievable yeah. in some way, shape, or form. And you can have the conversation around, this is the best we can do because this arm doesn't do this and this this yeah. flap doesn't do that. But this is the best we can do. And we've, we've increased this. We've reduced this, whatever it might be. But yeah. also, also, you have conversations around safety, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that's another kind of big topic that folks are talking more and more about. Yeah. Um, it's always been important. You know, I don't want to don't say that safety hasn't been important. It certainly has been. Um, but more and more we're getting more conversations around ergonomics and safety. Um, and those, those conversations used to be about, about just big topics, you know, let's make sure our plant, our, our silo doesn't explode. You know, that's a very basic, uh, dust hazard, you know, uh, calculation, right. That a lot of folks in our industry have, 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 have had conversations about before, uh, for very good reasons. You know, I don't want to joke about that. It's it's a very serious, um, serious, uh, you know, business, you know, for anybody who, who, who knows about that industry. But, um, these days we're having a lot of conversations about, is this the right operating height for a dumping station? that if you do have an operator, he's gonna have to dump that bag, you know, 20 times. And it's better to have it at, you know, one meter tall than 1.2 meters tall. And that makes a big difference in that uh, repetitive motion uh, um, risk, injury risk, I should Mm -hmm. say. Um, So really making sure that that ergonomic and safety conversation, again, happens way up front in the design process. It's very hard to do that after the fact. There are some things you can do, some retrofits that you can do, some platforms you can build and things like this. Um, but really the best time to have that conversation is way up front yeah. in that design phase. You know, how are we going to make it accessible? How are we going to maintain it? How are we going to make yeah. it safe? Is it going to be at a height um, that people can maintain it well? 
um, and people can use it well, can operate the equipment on a day-to-day -day basis uh, well and safely without you hurting see, themselves. And, and that also bodes well for employee t retention. I'm not saying yeah. that's the panacea that everybody's trying to figure it out, but if you make the environment, if you if you design that the ergonomics around that mm -hmm. individual and making that a little bit easier, it just yeah. makes sense. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, employees yeah. are much more likely to work at a place that values their their yes. safety, right? And not just their safety, but their yeah. but their quality of life. Yeah. And we see all the time, you know, folks who are doing uh, more manual jobs, if, you know, doing it for, for five minutes is one thing and doing it for five years is something else and doing it for, you know, for 15, 20, 30 years is, yeah. is, is something else again, you know, that's hard on your body. And that repetitive motion, um, is a serious thing. So anything you can do in the engineering phase to really have that operator in mind, um, they're going to thank you for later. And then hopefully that operator is more likely to, to stick around and provide value to our customer base as well. I, I love that long-term. It's like long-term vision associated with the asset, long-term vision associated with yeah. the, the the valuable resources that are needing to, to run the facility. So at Azo. Um, are you looking at any new technology that, you know, that's that one thing that's happening out here in the market is that there's a lot of innovation going on and it is happening real fast, really super fast. I can't yeah. keep up with it. I just have conversations around it, but you know, it's, it's happening fast. Are there things that, that Azo's looking at just from a, from a innovative technology perspective? Sure. There, there's a couple things. Um, so one, one thing that we've, we've started using recently, um, and that a lot of folks have been using recently is virtual reality. Um, so we, we obviously use 3D modeling to um, design our equipment and to put it into plants and make sure customers can um, see it in, in the, the best way possible um, upfront. But the next step to that is using VR for them to really visualize it. It's something different looking at it on your computer screen than it is to yeah. really walk through a plant and be able to see in 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 scale, hey, how far away is that thing? You know, it does it make sense the way things are put together. So these days um, we're doing in several of our engineering studies, we are doing the modeling and then we are augmenting the um, experience with VR. So our customers can put on glasses, they can walk through the plant themselves, they can say, oh, okay, how does this work? How does it look in real life um, or in virtual life? So as it, as exciting. It were. Um, and how, how are we going to access it? You know, how are we going to maintain it? All those th questions are just brought much more to life than in that VR space than it would be or than it has been in the past uh, on a computer screen. So that's one thing. Yeah. What's the other? Uh, um, the other, the other really is um, using sensor technology yeah. to um, to do uh, predictive maintenance. Sure. So that's been a lot, a lot of people have been talking about predictive maintenance for a long time, as have we. Um, but most people haven't found a way to do it really well, um, and and to do it practically. Not that not that it's not possible, um, but possible and practical or in a plant setting are not always the same thing. Uh, and so I think people are finding uh -huh. more and more ways to make it practical to do pre uh, uh, pre predictive maintenance. Um, one just small example that we're seeing a lot of 
um, is, you know, we have a lot of filters in our systems and um, it used to be pretty rare that we would see differential pressure sensors on filters. And these days we put differential pressure sensors on, 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 you know, half or more of our filters. And that's so you don't just change filters to change a filter because somebody said, you know, every three months you need to change your filters. Uh, You're changing your filters because the differential pressure readings say, Hey, you need to change your filters. And that's a, that's a real um, optimization for your plant mm. um, that you're a not changing filters unnecessarily spending more money to do that when you don't need to. Um, and, and B you're finding out you have data associated with that. You're finding out real time information related to the optimization of your system um, that is useful for um, its productivity, let's say. You know, it's interesting because uh, data is data. I, mean, I can collect data off of anything pretty much. It was slap a, da- uh, a sensor of some sort, but the real magic occurs when you can analyze that data in such a way that creates some tactics. Sure. And, yeah. and that, that pressure differential is a great example. That's pretty straightforward. It's like, yeah, there's, there's back pressure here, whatever it is, and that's not yeah. good. You know, even I can I can make that not good decision sure. too. Yeah, and there's all, all all types of other sensors oh, as well. Yeah. You know, clock sensors and heat sensors and temperature sensors and and all kinds of other sensor technology um, that helps that predictive maintenance. Yeah, but it's a tsunami of data. You're still going to have to yeah. say, that's noise, this is noise, oh, yeah. here's here's the meat of the, you know, yeah, information, yeah. and now what does it mean? Well, get yeah. out there with a wrench and a, you know, screwdriver. Exactly. And, a, and when the, does it make sense, too? You know, yeah. what does it make financial sense? Filters yeah. is a big one because you change yeah. a lot of filters pretty often, right? Uh, but if you have a motor that goes out, you know, once every five to ten years, you know, or sometimes more than that, um, you know, does it make sense to to monitor that motor or not? That that's a that's a conversation that you got to have always. Right? Yeah. So I, I've I've distilled our conversation down to one thing: conversation beforehand. So there. Yeah. This that just and you know what's interesting? How many people don't do that? So listener, <laughs> do that. Plan up do front. That. Do that. Do that. Yeah. Plan, plan, plan. Talk, talk, talk. And I know it takes a lot of time up front. You know, people are often very quick to say, oh, I want I want fast deliveries. And that's great. You know, that gets return on assets faster if you can get a fast delivery. But um, at the end of the day, if you're looking at an asset that you got to have a return on for uh, for longer than, you know, a couple of years, two, three, four years, spending an extra two, three, four weeks on the front end to ask all these yeah. questions is a well worthwhile investment. And that's what people should think of it as. They should think of it as as an investment. Yeah. Well, you are absolutely spectacular. You're a natural, Casey. So if this <laughs> whole so much if this whole Azo time. thing doesn't work out, you've got a you've got a future in media. Oh, sure, sure, sure. I'll I'll uh, I'll tell the folks, I'll tell my people that. Like, hey, you treat me well, or I'm going. I'm bolting over here to media. Yeah. All right. I'll t- I, I, I gotta. I have to find a cooler hat. I think to go into media. You do. You, it's yeah. all about branding. It's all about image. You know. That's right. That's what it is. Hey, how do people that's get right. a hold of you? They're saying, "Yeah, she's cool. I want to talk to Casey." How do they get a hold of you? Um, they can always reach out to me on LinkedIn. Uh, my name is Casey King. Um, I am on LinkedIn. Um, or they can uh, always reach out to me, uh, of course, via email. Um, or, or phone, um, reach out to us on uh, azo.com 
and my information is always there. Uh, but LinkedIn is probably the best place to reach is out. It, to. I was just saying, uh, I've just sent you a friend request, Casey. Just FYI, don't. All right, uh, perfect. Now, don't ghost me. A connection. It's, now, it's not a, a new connection. That'll bring connection. that'll bring your connections up to two seventy nine. Yeah, I'm I'm a big LinkedIn user, as you can tell. Yeah. <laughs> No, uh, yeah, that's what you get with an engineering professional, right? Yeah. Not a <laughs> so it's not my job to maintain uh, you know, yeah. uh, high levels of LinkedIn connections. Yeah, I make that. Uh, but uh, my sales folks are trying to get me to engage more, so I'm trying to, you know, to foray. Oh, I'll push people to you. They'll pepper you. All right. Perfect. You're absolutely wonderful. Listeners, we're going to have all the contact information for Casey out on Industrial Talk. So fear not, you'll be able to connect with her. We're going to be right back. You're listening to the Industrial Talk Podcast Network. How about that for a conversation? Thank you, Casey, for saying yes and, and coming on Industrial Talk and sharing your massive insights into what's taking place at AZO, the, the material handling solutions that are out there. Uh, and again, I just recommend that if you ever have an opportunity to go visit a facility that is handling material, you will be amazed. And you will just sort of not take for granted on how these professionals provide incredible solutions to be able to do this safely, of course. But I think the salient point that I got from the conversation with Casey is that do it up front. Have this conversation up front. And I guess that's just with anything. Have it up front before you really start to venture into it. All right. Go out to Industrial Talk. Connect with me. Because your story needs to be told. IndustrialTalk.com. Be bold. Be brave. Dare greatly. I say it all the time and I mean it. Hang out with Casey and you will be changing the world. We're going to have another great conversation coming from Azo shortly.